0: 101 sound, and your baby. what they talk about. I've been getting my cake and running wild since the little child. Yup, getting it every day, I'm working sun up till the sundown. Yeah, I'm getting it every day. The niggas trying to see how I do this
1: shit. What's up guys? This is Jake Carlisle and welcome to the Capital Gains Podcast, where we share our experiences on how to flip and invest in real estate, the stock market, and all things fitness. Join us as we deep dive into the world of self-development. And let's get ready to make some capital gains. I'm uh, joined with Chad Balsrik and Zach Mayer today. We got a full crew, so that's pretty good. And uh, we're gonna get to talk talking to y'all about real estate, um, how to invest, and, and how we did it. So, um, how are you guys?
2: I'm pretty good. I'm good. How are you? Good morning. I feel like a small child. Statement. <laughs> comes to real estate I'm pretty limited. Say that again? I said this will be mostly you guys talking today because I'm pretty limited when it comes to real estate.
1: No worries. Ch- Zach's excited because uh one of our stock holdings PLTR is now above our cost for the first time in uh, about eight months so it's a pretty exciting day but uh Chad you got anything?
0: No my it was kind of choppy at the start I'm just making sure y'all can hear me okay. Yeah, you're good. All good. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll start with kind of how I got started in real estate. So I was working at a private airport here in call station called Asin aviation, um, last February or January, January, 2020, right before COVID hit, I worked there for two or three months and then COVID COVID slammed us, everything locked down. I got fired. Well laid off, whatever and uh moved back home because my parents were like oh the world's ending um you know we're going to go into lockdown this and that martial law I was like oh crap I gotta go home so I went home and I long story short I ended up staying there eight more months until I moved back here in August of 2020 but in that time I, I had nothing to do I had nothing to do but trade the stock market and watch YouTube videos and so I started watching YouTube videos on real estate and uh I honestly wanted to get into more Airbnb and rental arbitrage and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously COVID was, was killing that at the time. And so, you know, 19 year old didn't know anything, didn't have any money. And was like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Ended up not doing it. And then met Chad before COVID actually. And then after COVID, once we opened up, we uh, just got started talking and was like, Hey, like I've owned a house before and. I want to own some rental properties and we just kind of got started doing that and bought our first crappy little condo in Brian. It's listed right now and trying to sell sell out of that one. And uh, now we're flipping houses. So that's where we are, but uh, that's how I got started. Um, Chad, you can tell them how you got started.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, kind of the same thing. Um, I actually, so I was living at the time... I guess it kind of goes back when I was in Conroe, I was doing plumbing. I bought my first house in Conroe, which I thought at the time buying a house, buying any house is good, right? Like that's investing, I guess you could say, but that's not always the case, you know, but I started that way, kind of learned the hard way. So I bought a house there, was working in Houston, always knew that I wanted to get into that investing type thing. Cause I just, I didn't want to have to work for somebody. Excuse me for the rest of my life so moved long story short, moved back to brenham still was always you know interested in real estate stock market stuff like that and one of my best friends jake not this jake but um a different jake has always been he flips houses um on his own like he does all the work so i was just kind of around it and saw what he was doing always interested um and then fast forward kind of like jake already said we met and then I bought a few properties and we just kind of got the ball rolling and it kind of just went pretty quick, honestly, but for the most part, yeah. Um, just always been fascinated and interested with it and knew I wanted to do something bigger than working for someone my whole life. So. Right. And, and Zach, I
1: know you're a little bit more limited on this end, but, uh, what, what experiences or, or background do you have in real estate?
2: Fortunately, I'm not completely out of the loop because both my parents have had rental properties their whole life. I've gotten to see a lot of the horror stories and how much work goes into actually getting a rental up and going, especially if you're doing a full reno. Um, and just kind of like some of the things that you would learn, not necessarily from a textbook or something where when it comes down to random interactions between your tenants, small little deals, you end up making them, stuff like that, just to keep things going easy. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. And it's, it's really goes back to the, I really only think like you can, you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts and do all you want, but you're really never going to learn anything worthwhile until you actually do it. And you're actually in the fray and you've bought a place and you're talking to tenants and talking to property managers. And you got to call the electrician because the outlet's not working at 12 AM, right. Or the, 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 Toilet is leaking at 7 a.m. And they're like, hey, you got to fix this today or else type thing. Um, So it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but uh, you just got to be smart about it.
2: Yeah, I could tell you guys all about how my dad's tenant just got a restraining order against the person that lives with them because there was like a domestic abuse case. It's like you never expect people to be into this stuff. Like you just you would expect, oh, like everyone's a normal person. Rents your place and you just pay No, nope. You get some hoarders, you get the, I don't even know what they're called, the people who come, like, contain your house or whatever, but Sports. that's happened on my dad's properties before, and then yeah, get, yep. or just, it's all, it's all sunshine and rainbows.
0: Not, yeah, yeah, definitely not. That's just, that's dealing with the public. You come across all different walks of life, and people that you've never really had to encounter, and it's, you see some interesting stuff, I mean, it's... It's yeah. it's, in, it's interesting.
1: We have some we have some horror stories that <laughs> we could probably honestly put in a whole episode. Uh, you know, we could, we could call it the the horrors of real estate, and we could we could go through that. And you know, it's only been six and a half months, but holy crap, we've got some stories. Yeah. And, um, so well we'll 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 uh flip the switch and we'll go to kind of how to start investing, or if you've ever thought about investing, how I would start. And you know, hindsight is always 2020, 20, but you know, fast forward now. I'm in a I'm in my house hack, so I own a duplex. Chad has two places, and I'm sure he would do a couple things differently. I know I would do a couple things differently. Um, so really honestly, if you want to start investing, we've always said you gotta start investing in yourself first, right? You gotta read those books, you gotta listen to those podcasts, learn up on what you need to be doing, and uh don't just jump in head first. I mean, you can, right? You can do that, right? That's probably what Chad did when he bought his first place. Learned mm-hmm. some hard lessons. Luckily he didn't lose any money, but you know, could have been a lot better. Maybe should have held on to it, maybe not, who knows. But uh, mm-hmm. like how I did it is I was like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to do a house hack and that's going to be my first personal investment." That's just kind of what my mind was focused on and that's what I went for. And so I ended up getting, I had my uncle co sign with me on a house. I used his income to qualify for the loan. And he just did it graciously, right? He did not have to do it. Uh, It impacts his credit, impacts my credit. I just told him, Hey, I'm going to take care of all the mortgage payments, you know, rehabilitation, property maintenance, yada, yada. You don't even have to worry about it. This really is just a, a favor for me that's that's really it and so i'm blessed with that but that's how i got started i got a uh, a loan with a co-signer and bought this place rent rent the rooms to my roommates and now i make pennies on the dollar i don't make really anything every month but uh my mortgage is paid and i live for free quote unquote right i don't pay rent to anybody and uh after this, once I move out to wherever I go next, this will be a cash flow rental. Like it'll probably pull me in eight hundred to a thousand bucks a month, passively. And I put in ten percent of that, right? I put in thirty grand, and then for the rest of my life, it'll pay me a thousand bucks a month. So that's how I got started. Um, hindsight, if I was to do it again, what I would do, say, say, I'll take my buddy Dylan for example. He's like, dude, I want to do a house hack. And I'm like, all right, awesome. So he's like, okay, I wanna do it next year. Let's do a year from now. What I would do and what most people don't know is if you go get your real estate license you and you go buy a house on market, you're obligated 3% commission when you buy it. The buyer's agent gets 3%. And you can use a 3.5% down FHA mortgage on a single family house with a co-signer. So there's really no excuse if you can find somebody co-sign with you, get that 35 percent down loan on the house. You can use that 3% commission. You can use that towards your down payment and you're effectively putting down 0.05% on a whatever uh, house you're buying, right? So let's say you bought a $200,000 house, three two basic house and call station, $200,000 times 0.005 is a thousand dollars. I think most people that will listen to this even if you're dead broke has a thousand dollars i hope and uh so if you can put a thousand dollars down towards your future to buy a house and live for free and have a rental why wouldn't you right so that's kind of the way i would start you know you can start crazy different like i'll I'll let chad tell you how he bought his first one but um that's what i would do differently i would get that three percent buy it on market, get the commission, yada, yada. Not what I did, but, you know, going forward, given that little bit of knowledge to people, um, you can get your real estate license for 500 bucks, pass the test and you get your 3%. So I don't know,
2: what is it? on that. Get your money back. Say again, what does it take buying one house to get your money back? Like, what do you mean? If you pay five hundred dollars for this test, somebody's like, That's an expensive test. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. If you pay five hundred bucks and you put a thousand bucks down from that three percent one deal. I mean, yeah, you, you're in fifteen hundred bucks for a house. Are you kidding me? That's like
0: that's stupid. You take and that license and go sell one more, the whole thing's covered and you probably profit some. Right. So
1: Yeah, now you're a realtor, you go know, sell sell and buy for whoever, right? Yeah. So absolutely it, it covers it. But you know it And you got to, you got to think of that real estate uh, course, or maybe the house is not necessarily spending, right? You put that money somewhere and you're going to get a return. Like you're going to get a return on that house. You're going to get a return on that real estate license. But uh, tell them how you bought your first place, Chad.
0: Yeah. So my first one, the one in Conroe, um, which was, I, I, I knew nothing. And I list, I got advice from people that also, I wouldn't say they knew nothing, but they weren't invest they didn't have the investment mindset right so they were just you buy it the people I got advice from is your typical nine to five you know buy a house and that's your asset which is nothing wrong with that but I just had a different view but I took advice from that and it just wasn't what I wanted but anyways long story short bought it 3.5 percent down um payment was super high but I lived in it I had roommates that you know they didn't pay a ton um I charged them really low just mainly because it was a buddy but um it just wasn't a good investment. I sold it, got rid of it. Wish I would have held it because I could have sold it for a crap ton now. But um, but I mean my places in um Brenham and here, I don't think I would really would do anything differently. I think I I played those pretty well, especially my Brenham one. Um offered low, got a great deal on that one, bought that one five percent down. Um, and I cash flow like right now, I think I cash for like 600 bucks a month, but I rent it to my company and Jake and I's company for pretty cheap. So I could be making like $300 more a month personally, but the company makes money. So it's good. Um, And then what I did with my one in college station is I bought it 3.5% down with my girlfriend. And I actually, what's the, I don't know how to put it. Like We bought it together, right? But it's on my name, but I added her to the deed. So we split everything, but we, I let her, you know we we just purchased it together. So um, that's kind of how I bought mine. I don't really think I would change anything on those. Maybe the only thing I would change is instead of buying this duplex, I probably would have bought, I should have bought a fourplex um, which I'm about to do anyways. Now I'm in the process of buying another property. But um, so kind of what Jake said, like getting started I mean, so he, everything that he said hits the nail on the head. That's like the, the that's great advice. But if, I guess if you take it back a step further and think of like the bigger picture, like not everybody is as fortunate as Jake being able to have an uncle to co-sign or me being able to have a dad to co-sign so I can buy another property. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to buy another fourplex. I'd be screwed. So we have, you know, family that's willing to help and, you know, contribute to things like that. So let's say you have none of that, you're dead broke, you're on your own. First thing, in my opinion, that I usually wouldn't necessarily give this advice because I'm about working for myself and I don't really want to recommend, what's the word? I don't know. I wouldn't recommend, you know, just putting yourself in a company and working your life away at a company, you know, build something for yourself, but you, it's really a process. So in order to get qualified for a loan, you're going to have to have um, two years work experience. So you're going to have to be able to provide two years worth of um, what's the word, like history, work history.
1: Yeah. Payments. So you're
0: going to have to have that and you're going to have to have the down payment. So it's going to take you, you know, you got to really think long term, like, okay, I want to buy this property. So I got to start here. And it may take me two years if you don't have the work history, but use that two years to save up your money, you know, get the down payment and then you can do it. So it's really a case by case scenario, but if you don't have the resources and you're not fortunate, you know, to have family or somebody to help you out, that's kind of the that's how you're gonna have to start. Yep,
1: that's really the only way to do it when you're uh, when you're on your own. There's not much else you can do, um, because you know, if you don't have a an uncle that is is willing or a dad that is willing, then you gotta you gotta pull out your bootstraps. Just maybe wait a little bit. And and get her done, but uh, you know there are a few other ways to invest as well um, that aren't necessarily you know conventional or, or usual. Like there's creative financing. Um, there's also uh, let me see. Okay,
2: never mind. There is. Let me go back to my notes real quick. Well, you do that. The one thing I do want to say to everyone is these loans, the work experience that you need. You don't have to be like working some six-figure job or even exactly. seven grand. They literally just want to see that in consistent income so you can make those payments. And you could be like me and literally work at FedEx. Like it doesn't need to be anything crazy. So never think it's out of reach. And like we said on the stock podcast, patience pays. And in a way, it's the same concept here.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: And that's like you know another big thing too is debt to income. So if you have expensive car payment not you know and you don't make a ton you got to think about those things because debt to income really does affect it um like here here's a good example so i own this kind of embarrassing but i own two properties um i have a car payment but it's super low but um i don't work anymore so i went to go try to get a credit card at best buy to buy a computer i got declined I have a 760 oh, credit score. You but don't my debt work thing. traditionally anymore. You don't get to exactly. anymore. Exactly. But on paper, right. I got declined for a $1,200 computer that I was going to finance over 12 months. It's like, I just got approved for like a $300,000 house, but not. A, it just doesn't make sense. But so there's things like that. There's a lot of factors that you have to think about. And that's one of them. Like, for instance, my dad, um, he has literally no debt. He has an 800 credit score. I'm not going to say how much he makes, but it's not a ton. You know, it's it's a normal income. He just got approved. I got him approved for a $400,000 place. So it's really there's a lot of factors to it, but you don't have to make, you know, multi six figures to, to get approved for a decent amount. Yep. We
2: all podcast on the game that is improving your credit score. It's it's so funny how each of the factors that go into it are contradictory each other to each other and really force you to kind of like play a more long game, yeah. where it's like, and certain things are weighted at certain like rates. For example, like the amount of inquiries and average length of credit. Meaning, say you bought or not bought. Well, you can buy credit cards with an annual fee but say so you have three credit cards, you opened them up at one at time zero, one at time seven months after that, and then the other at two months after that second one. Um, they look at your oldest card and not necessarily your average, but they look at your average length and not necessarily your o- oldest card and yep. average length, your score comes down, but it's like your score also goes up for increasing your available. <laughs> so, really kind of a weird thing but understanding it definitely helps and it also makes you realize that you don't need a ton of money to have a really good credit score and get approved for loans
1: nope absolutely not and that's the credit is is honestly almost an even bigger deal because you if you don't realize it you can screw up your credit really bad by not doing much especially when you're yep you're you're
2: looking statement and you're like oh i didn't pay fifty dollars these few months it's like they don't care how much it was they just see that you're late yep missed targets to- terrible see a lot of friends coming up and asking me at college they're like hey can you look at this and they show me their credit card statement or they're trying to fix something or set up like automatic pay payments or something like that and i'm like dude you have a, you haven't paid this like two hundred dollars like a to some it's significant to some it's not but like a relatively in the your span of your whole life insignificant balance. And so and I'm like, dude, you gotta pay that. And they're like, why? It's just a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, yeah, now you're sitting at like a five eighty right now. Nobody's ever going to give you money. Yep. Yep.
1: And so that's that's kind of one of the biggest things. And now not not to say you could still you could still absolutely invest in real estate with bad credit. Right. Like I'm I'm a big one. I'm a big uh uh advocate of like if you don't if you're if somebody says no to something you want go figure out how to get it right and so me and Chad wanted to invest in real estate right we wanted to go buy investment properties want to flip houses do this to that we don't have no money and we haven't flipped the house so somebody who has a bunch of money ain't just going to go give us a bunch of money to flip the, flip a house right at no interest and so we got lucky we we rubbed shoulders with a real estate agent here um that helped us out a lot with uh hard money got us uh in contact with some some private lenders essentially kind of use it as a hard money uh loan but it's private private money sort of and so we got to buy houses zero down full rehab all the way and so we they didn't look at our credit and we literally got to buy two houses at the same time and flip them with our own, with somebody else's money and sell them for a profit later on, right? And so if somebody tells you, hey, I don't I don't have enough money to start investing, they just don't know that that's out there, right? It's out there, you can do it. You just gotta do some research. You gotta figure out how to get there and not just be like, oh, oh well, I, I gotta wait two years. I gotta do this, I to do that, right? I was not about to wait two years and get in my first house, yeah. um, that's just, kind of how I roll
0: but that too is like you know it's all depends on how much you want to risk it too because yeah. like some of the stuff that we're doing it's like it's it it can be risky um but it is risky it, 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 yeah so I mean you know I have some people tell definitely tell me the stuff that we're doing is like dude y'all I don't know how to y'all got you got a pair on you to, to be able to be doing what y'all are doing and so Jake and I were just like dude what the hell are you talking about we're just flipping. I out. Think-
2: to especially like looking at the both of you guys a lot of people don't understand that you can take big risks if you have the discipline to actually follow up with everything because people don't have one the knowledge but more importantly they don't have the confidence that it's like the because they got the bank telling them and they don't have any like any of the understandings that you do and they're like oh my god the bank says if I don't pay this at this time and if I miss one and then XYZ. i Z, I'm going to default. And then I'm going to go into more, all these ex- random things that sound terrifying when you know what you're doing and you dedicate, it's relatively easy to have the confidence to be like, yeah, they're telling me this is risky, but I, I know this is all I have to do. And execution is really where it gets hard. But if you can execute and stay disciplined, never that bad.
1: Absolutely. I think, exactly I think you nail on the head, but the execution part, once you have the knowledge and you figure out how to do it, you know, that's honestly where most people stop because they'll get scared and be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. I can lose all this money, but you can also make all this money. Mm -hmm. And so execution, 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 imperfect action beats nothing all day long. Right. I would, I would almost rather flip the house, lose $5,000, gain a bunch of experience and then do it again, rather than save myself, not flip the house, don't lose the $5,000, and then not know anything, right? Then I can go in the next one and be like, okay, how, why did I lose that 5,000, right? And then now I'm gonna go make 50, right? But if I didn't ever do that, I would never know, ever. So you gotta take the risks and, uh, you know, you just gotta figure out what works for you, honestly.
2: I think the best analogy to help people understand what kind of we're talking about, because you hear all these podcasts and stuff like execute, execute, execute. It's just like losing weight. Everyone knows how to lose weight. Eat <laughs> your vegetables, Eat good foods. And don't drink soda. Eat a bunch of shit all day. And no. go. You don't have to do a crazy workout routine. Go for a damn walk every morning. Maybe jog some days. Literally nothing crazy. We all know this. But look at the country. Everyone wants to be skinny and I'm not talking about anyone with some sort of medical condition that prevents them from losing. But it's all about actually doing it. And I think people don't realize before they gain that experience, how hard actually doing stuff is no matter what you do.
1: Yep. It's the, the, the hardest part is honestly starting. Starting is the hardest part because once you get into it, once I bought this house, I'm ready to go buy ten more because it's not that hard anymore, right? It's not that scary. I'm ready to go flip ten more houses because, like, all right, let's let's go. Like, I got it. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, same with going to work out. People have no idea how to work out, but I'm like, I work out twice day every day. Who cares, you know? But some people have zero clue how to walk in the gym and work out. No clue at all. So the biggest thing is getting started and, and keep and keep rolling, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is once you get into it, and especially like once you're in on a house, you know, the, the big thing is like like Jake said, like it's just it really is as cliche as it sounds as execute is you got to keep the ball rolling when obstacles come up. Because trust me, when you're flipping houses, especially old houses, a lot of shit's going to come up. There's going to be curveballs left and right. And it's really about. All right, cool. Like that happened. Damn, that sucks. This is what we got to do. This is how you do it. And you keep the ball rolling. That's the main thing. You can't sit here and sell in the house for a month if something, you know, an obstacle comes up or a curveball, and you're just like, because every, you know, every day costs money when you're doing a hard money loan. So it's just the main thing is keep the ball rolling. You know, have an a start date and an end date, and try to be as close to that end date as possible.
1: Yep. And you know, so you know, the, the conventional loans twenty percent down. That might be for everybody, right? You can go buy as many rentals as you want from any bank all over the world. If you have 20% down and good, good credit, good income, they'll loan to you all day long, right? You can go buy rentals 20% down and build up a huge rental portfolio doing that. Right. But it all comes down to, do you have that 20% down? So you got to figure out how to get there. You want to get there by a job. You want to get there by, um raising capital? Do you wanna get there by flipping houses and raising capital that way? Or do you work relationships? Or do you try to go towards owner financing deals where the owner is the bank and they just have you pay mortgage payments, right? That's another way. Or, hey, I have zero money. I don't know anything, but I wanna learn. Go start wholesaling properties. Get them under contract and send them to investors like, like me who has connections to money and who can buy it from you you make ten thousand dollars on that flip all right put ten thousand into your marketing keep doing it keep doing it you can make some money doing that and then you know the old-fashioned way would be like go get your real estate license start selling some houses that'll be the one of the best teachers for you to start investing one of the best teachers
2: totally yeah I think the what everyone should take away from that is I feel like I'm sitting more in the audience than on the podcast, but that's kind of a good thing. Is there's a million ways to do it. So there's always gonna be one for you, no matter how how
0: real your situation is.
1: Yep. I would say just pick one and roll. Like don't and even
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's like there's so many different ways to do things in real estate. So it's like it's almost like if you just don't, if you don't take no for an answer in a sense, I know it sounds cheesy, but there's so many different ways. So like, once you get in, it's one of those things, you know, when you first start, you don't realize how many ways and how you can navigate through it to make something work. So it's really, you know, learning it, getting into the game. And then you start to see like, oh damn, like you can do that. And it's just, you know, navigating your way and finding which way works for you. So, I mean, there's, there's a way it's just, you kind of got to find it and figure out that route. Yep.
1: You got to figure it out. And uh, that's really it. I I love that. You said uh, just taking, not taking no for an answer. Right. And that's, that's kind of how, how I guess maybe not how I was raised, but my mom always told me I was a, I was a strong-willed child. Wouldn't take no for an answer. If I wanted what, if I wanted something, I'd figure out how to get it. Even if I was having to go around them. Right. Um, And I think, you know, that was hard for her, but you know, it helps me now to where, you know, Hey, this house is this price. Oh, I can't buy it. Okay. How can I buy it?
0: Yeah. That's like, that's like Arate in a nutshell Yeah, is, you know, we see some deals. It's like, I mean, we're still small, you know, small fish in a big pond and we're seeing, you know, sometimes we used to, we were like, dang, we want to get to these million dollar deals. Now we see some million dollar deals and we're negotiating with these people. And like, because we know like there if we want it bad enough and the deal is good enough we're going to get it. We'll find a way. We'll figure it's out a just, way. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, I will say this kind of
2: goes in any field and especially real estate I would assume and even stocks, stock market investing, things like that. If you're young and you really sound you like you know what you're talking about and to be honest with you, fake it till you make it a little bit. You don't got to be but do have a good understanding and say some things to the right person that make their eyes perk up or their eyebrows perk up. I don't know what the damn phrase is, yeah. but older people, if you're, if you're persistent and you're usually going to older people for money or something like that, if you're persistent and really come across it, you know what they're t- like you're talking about, trust me, they'll, if, even if they turn you down at first, they're going to stick around or they're going to refer you to somebody or they themselves are going to like what they hear and they're going to help you out. In most cases, I would say.
1: yep, because you, you never know who's watching you. And like, you know, even, even the beginning, um, I think some people saw us and, you know, I'm, I was 19, 20, he's 20, 24, 25. And, you know, we're still young, right? You know, who the hell lets a 20-year-old flip a house? Well, nobody. I of myself, right? Um, you know, wh- one guy had uh, – we, we luckily got a really good deal. He loaned some money to us on a hard money loan. And we lost a lot of we, we lose a lot of money, but we we lost a lot of time, learned a lot of lessons on it, and uh, that catapulted us to the next one and the next one and the next one, and now he trusts us, right? We know what we're talking about. I can ask him, hey, yada yada yada, what's this? He has an answer because he's super smart. And so now he trusts me, he trusts Chad, and we can now we can branch out to whatever and uh, you know he takes us legitimately, right? He doesn't think that we're stupid because you know we're like oh, I'm a 20-year-old, give me $135,000. Like, no, it's not how it works. Like, you got to know what you're doing at least a little bit and uh, gain their trust before you can go do anything.
0: And it's just, and two, if you don't even mention your age, it's all about how you conduct yourself. Because when I met Jake, had no clue he was 19. Like legit, everybody always says that to me. It's like, your business partner's 20 years old? It's like, I didn't know, to be honest with you. Whenever I met him, I thought the dude was like 23. Thought he was a year or two younger than me. I was like, all right, cool we were talking one day and he was like yeah my birthday is coming up excuse like excuse me 20 and he's like yeah and like yeah so I had no clue the dude's five years younger than me
1: yep yep I always I always make fun of, of Chad and my girlfriend Amber they're uh she's 23 and he's 25 I always just tell them they're super old and uh Chad acts super old Amber just gets offended when I call her old <laughs>
0: I'm old man already.
1: It's all good. Don't let don't let your age dictate what uh what they say you can and cannot do, right? Like I just I don't know. I I just don't really believe in waiting on your dreams. And this is something that me and Zach have talked about um, with our, you know, with capital management firm. It's like, you know, I've done this with my uncle for seven years. Like we talk about it every single day, twenty-four seven, right? So if I can talk to Zach and we can, we can do our, our good research, go to school, learn, do whatever, make us, you know, kind of an authority sort of, we have some, some knowledge in that. And if we are 95% better than everybody else, you know, we have a leg to stand on, even if we're young. I
2: think one thing I want to leave everyone off on is that the earlier you gain credentials, the better easier it is to create a gap between you and your peers most people i know for my own personal like th- whatever we want to call it but like, most people my age don't have or are not going for a series 65 they won't get this or a series 7 And for those who aren't listening that's to become an investment advisor whether independent or at a brokerage most people aren't getting that so after they go to graduate school or during graduate school so if you want to start your own business you can differentiate yourself a lot early on. Think about how valuable those two to three years are and how much you can get done that all of these people are waiting till they're graduated for. And the same goes with what you guys are into real estate, getting your license early. It just puts that much space ahead of you. And then when you are in this pool of fish of everyone graduating, hundreds of thousands of people across the country trying to do the same thing as you, People who do have substantial capital, capital, and substantial resources are gonna pick you because you have so much more experience under your belt and everything else that comes along with it. Yep. So never, never be afraid to start early.
1: Yep. I don't I don't know how many guys that I've met here at AM that are honestly in the same exact major as me, ag ag, ag major, where they focus in finance and real estate, and they're like. Yeah, dude, like I wanna I wanna do stock market. I wanna do real estate, like after this, like that's what I wanna do. I'm like, that's cool. Um, like, what are you doing right now for it? And they're like, oh, I'm just going to school. Like, okay, that's great. Um, what else are you doing? They're like, oh, not, nothing really, right? I'd, I'd like to get started. And uh, you know, I, I help all those guys out, but like, like, you gotta start. Like if you want to stand out in anything, I don't care what it is, it's in anything, you need to start now now. Or once you get to graduation, everybody's going to get their series seven. Everybody's going to be a real estate agent. Everybody's going to get internships at brokerages and real estate, uh, brokerages and anything like that. Right. So you got to separate yourself. You know, you could even go, you could go do the same thing. You could go be internship at a brokerage or real estate brokerage, but let's say you've had your real estate license for two years or your series seven for two years and you're the only one in the pool of a hundred people that has that, they'll hire you all day long.
2: I'll take you up a notch even. Uh, so I go to Babson college for those who don't know I'm here. Um, and we've, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of guests and alumni come in from big four things like Goldman Sachs and all of those things. And they they've come in and told us that we get, tens of thousands of resumes of someone who just went to school and has the same degree and maybe they do some random extra stuff that nobody really cares about that maybe their school encouraged them to or they feel inclined to do because it seems like it'll get them ahead uh these are the these people who are senior analysts at c level at these firms are telling us i would much rather see if you're going for investment banking or in. Like investment analysis, things like that, because that's what I can speak on more. They're all saying if you come in here and you have two years of experience and you can show us a portfolio and the trades you make and the research behind them and all of everything that comes along with the actual experience and you have the degree on top of that, they're like, yeah, you're getting a job ten out of ten times. And they even said, say you're doing a real estate investing, we don't care if you lost money. I mean, if you lost money over an extended duration of time, they're like, yeah, maybe there's something wrong with you, but you see that you lost money and saw a progression into profit and you're not even graduated college yet. And you have the same degree as everyone else They go. Yeah, guess what? You go to the top of the pile. So even if you're not an entrepreneur and there's nothing wrong with working a normal job, if that's what you prefer to do, um, still go get that experience and be a little bit of an entrepreneur when you're younger, because that's, what's going to that job that you want anyway.
1: Yep. And I can, I can think of one, one guy. I can think of one guy that I know. That has kind of branched out there and and actually gotten his license while going to school. Uh, I'll plug him in. His name's Landon Monday. Um, he works for the real estate ranch out in Midland. He did a, a big internship this summer in Midland and uh, got his real estate license, and he's still going to school. And he's also still training for an Ironman with one of our buddies who works in an investment bank or investment firm. And so yeah, I talked like, to Sam too. Um, we're going to get him on here. Good deal. Good deal. That's going to be really good. Actually, Zach, y'all, you'll like that. Um, But like that dude, when he goes to do whatever he wants to do, I'm not really sure what he wants to do, but he has his real estate license. He's, I'm not sure what his major is, but um, you know, it's probably in finance or real estate or something like that. So when he goes to get hired or open his own business or something, he's going to stand out because he got his real estate license at 21 and not 24 after college, right? Like everybody else. If you want to be like everybody else, you do what everybody else does. If you don't want to be like everybody else, you better start doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing, right? So that's my two cents.
2: Couldn't agree more.
1: All good? You got anything else to
0: add? That is it. I was texting Daniel back. There we go.
1: Daniel's our contractor. He's uh, finishing up one of our flips right now, so we'll – Hopefully that'll get listed up this next week, so be uh, we gotta look out for that. But if y'all don't have anything else, I think this was good. We can, we still got so much more to talk about, but we got we got to keep it lower. So
0: going to say it's about ten. We got to get to episode. soda.
2: Yep.
1: Anything I'm else? Zach?
2: That's that's
0: always fun.
1: Yeah. You got anything else?
2: I'm good over here.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, if you got value from this show, please share it, give us a review. And, uh, really like if you got value from this, if you have always wanted to start investing in real estate, um, and you have any more questions, hit us up. We will all answer. All right. We will all help you out however we can. Um, Zach on Instagram, me on Instagram, chat on Facebook. If you have our numbers, hit us up. Uh, give us some questions, recommendations for the podcast, stuff like that, Um and let's show the world how to make some capital
2: gains.
0: Yes, sir. Peace. 101 and yo big what they talk about. I've been getting my cake and running wild since the little child. Yeah, getting it every day. I'm working sun up till the sun down. I'm getting it every day. These niggas hating, trying to see how I do this shit.